This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Embody. We've got a packed agenda for you guys here on the pod today as we get back at them with SMU Memphis now just a day away, and it's a huge one for SMU, obviously, for so many reasons. And I feel like SMU and Memphis is this not-talked-about game just because it's not a matchup of top 25 teams. But Memphis just on the edge of a top 25 team right now. And number 25, SMU is receiving votes right now in the top 25 polls. And in all realities, I mean, this is a game that should be a top 25 matchup with the Pac-12 with the Pac-12 and the Big Ten uh quite a ways away from playing college football, but both uh, conferences now back in the major polls. So you've got SMU Memphis facing off against each other on ESPN2 at 2.30 on Saturday in Dallas, which I do think makes quite a bit of difference for SMU coming off of a, their first home game being back in, in the stands of Ford Stadium. They know what it's going to be like uh, with a socially distanced home, home stadium. They know their own uh, protocols and, and all the things that they're going to be doing but what this boils down to is, I think, a matchup of two elite quarterbacks, Shane Bouchelle, Brady White, uh, getting a, getting after it again. Last year, they, they came together and had quite the duel in Memphis. SMU lost that one, 54-48. And I'm going to break down the game, but I also want to point out a, a few of the reasons why I, I do think SMU wins, and we'll get to those on the pod. But first, look, we've got a couple of pieces of breaking news, one SMU getting TQ Jackson eligible uh, for this game. The NCAA handed down his uh, waiver decision and it was approved. That is a, a huge deal for SMU uh, because, look, this is a 6'3", 190-pound type uh, wide receiver that can make an instant impact. And if you've had the ability to go out to practice and watch, uh, he's somebody that jumps off at you right out the right off the, the bat. I mean, he is physically impressive. He goes up and gets the ball. He t- comes down with it. He's competitive. He's got size. And for a receiving core that doesn't really have that, uh, you've got Reggie Robertson, you've got Danny Gray, and you've got Rasheed Rice, who are, you know, in that 6-1 range. But they're not the big body receiver that SMU had in the past, like Cortland Sutton, for example. And I'm not saying he's going to be Cortland Sutton, but he's a little bit more fluid, I think, in his ability to run. He might not have the top end speed that Cortland did. Uh, when it came down to it, uh, and I don't think he necessarily has that big, big wingspan, but he is a physical receiver. He's a big target. Uh, he will play a lot right away. And when you add him in with Reggie Robertson, Danny Gray, Rasheed Rice, and Kylan Granson, and we've also seen Austin Upshaw show flashes, Tyler Page show flashes, this is an SMU receiving core that just continues to get better for Shane Bouchelle. And he's and, and TQ Jackson has been working a lot in practice. He's not coming in cold off of the the sidelines and, you know, uh, having to work himself into shape. He's been with the program for a while now. 
And I feel like he's a dark horse to watch in this game as far as somebody that can make some plays uh, for SMU uh, come um, come Saturday afternoon uh, in Ford Stadium against Memphis. And so that was a big piece of news that came down this week. Uh, a lot of people around SMU's program felt confident that he would get it. And sure enough, uh, he does, in fact, get it. And the other thing that we're monitoring, and it looks like it's going to happen, is this game's actually going to happen. And Memphis is fairly confident that they're going to be able to play this football game. How uh, healthy they are or how in shape they are, we will have to see. But overall, it looks like this game is going to happen. So after a month for Memphis and not playing any games, they're getting a chance uh, now to play this game and get back on the field. And so I think that's big, too, to recognize that, you know, as of now, it appears to be trending in the right direction for SMU and Memphis to get back on the field. So with this one, I think it's important to recognize that you've got uh, Kenny Gainwell opting out. So Brady White is going to have to shoulder a lot of the load for Memphis offensively. Uh, uh, Derek Clark uh, is is the, the is the by all intents and purposes, the running back that's going to come in and 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 be uh, in the backfield next to Brady White, and they still have Demonte Cox at receiver, so they have weapons, they have athleticism. Uh, Memphis is coming off their season opener uh, way back in early September against Arkansas State. It was a slow start, new defensive scheme with Mike McIntyre leading the defense. It's an odd man front. It's kind of similar to what SMU is going through with a change in philosophy defensively. But Mike McIntyre is one of the best defensive coordinators in college football, in my opinion. He's done it for so long. He built a great program at Colorado, kind of fizzled out. They want to make a change. And I think it's important to, to also recognize Sonny Dykes and Mike McIntyre went against each other twice when he was at Cal and then all the way back uh, when uh, he was at when Mike McIntyre was at San Jose State and Sonny Dykes was at Louisiana Tech. They had some good battles. Uh, the latest game between the two of them went to Sonny Dykes and Jared Goff, a uh, high scoring like 56-54 type of game. So uh, we'll see how how these two do when they get together. Uh, but it's uh, they 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 seem to have some entertaining games when when you look back through the years. Now on SMU side of things, Shane Bouchelle, the SMU offense, Shane Bouchelle coming off a game that not nece- wasn't necessarily his best against Texas. Uh, excuse me, against Stephen F. Austin, he's got some things to clean up. But the good thing for SMU is what's been clicking has been the run game. Now, it hasn't been against anyone impressive by any means, and it has uh, taken, I think, a minute at times to get going. You've got TJ McDaniel wearing guys down, and then you've got Ulysses Bentley, but that is probably the difference. I think the confidence in SMU's run game is a little bit higher than it was going into this one than it was last year because you have an offensive line last year that really kind of hadn't put an exclamation point on its ability to run the football, to pick up yards. And they haven't this year yet, but they've just looked better doing it. And I feel like this SMU team has the the team speed uh, in the running back room that they didn't necessarily have last year because Memphis is, a, is athletic. They can really close gaps down pretty quickly. And so having TJ, TJ McDaniel and Ulysses Bentley, who quite honestly do have a little bit more speed than Xavier Jones and especially Kamon Freeman, uh, they'll be able to maybe hit one. And that's probably the difference this year uh, for SMU. And so 
I'm not too worried about Shane Bouchelle. He has uh, at times looked off during this season, but he's still number two in the country in passing yardage, uh, even with his kind of pedestrian numbers, especially last week against Stephen F. Austin. But this is a game that they've been preparing for for a long time, guys. And Sonny Dykes even mentioned it this week when we were talking to him with his media availability. He said the conversation late in the game against Stephen F. Austin on the sideline started going to Memphis. It, it, you know, that's not something you always like to hear. But I think this team understands the the opportunity they have in front of them is a big one. And you've already seen Memphis postpone games, cancel games, what have you. And Sonny Dyke said this to me over the summer. He said it is all about, <laughs> quite honestly, who can get their players to the game and be most the most healthy. And that's how they've approached this season. They've approached it by saying, okay, we want everybody to stay safe and stay healthy. Then we want to play a game. And then we want to win games. And so this is their first big test. I think Memphis having a month off is probably going to hurt them. They also had to press pause on their workouts uh, for a bit in, during that time. And that's not something to uh, to to really ignore or or not pay attention to. We saw what SMU's defense looked like when they didn't have any game action or much scrimmage action before the season, and uh, that that's that's the thing. And even when we had our Q and A with Christian Fowler of Go Tigers twenty four seven, he said, "There's no telling what's going to happen." I totally agree with him. This could be a shootout for sure once a game once again, but. SMU could very well come out early, get up on Memphis, um, and and then you know potentially be the sharper team. They've had more games under their belt. I think that's a big thing that that Sonny Dykes has really leaned on is that game experience and these guys understanding that you know it's going to be a process of getting better each week, which is something Sonny Dykes has really prioritized over the course of his time at SMU is that commitment to okay, let's just get better, let's just get better, let's just get better. Um, and so I, I feel like that's that's going to be the, the name of the game once again for them. So overall, I mean, I, I feel like SMU is going to come out on top on this one. I'm not necessarily sure how it's going to look yet. I'm still trying to figure that out for my prediction in terms of uh, our preview tomorrow on Friday. I'm recording this on Thursday. That will drop on PonyStampede.com. But look, I think overall uh, SMU is is built to do this. I think the the move to the the odd man front for SMU also had a lot to do with how they played defensively against Memphis. They wanted to get more speed on the field. It wouldn't shock me if there are a lot more nickel and dime looks and uh, you know getting them getting their speed like Brandon Crosley, like Brian Massey on the field along with Armani Johnson, Brandon Stevens, Trevin Callaway, guys like that, and trying to get them in position to to have the best chance to to make plays. Uh, rather than, you know, be chasing Memphis a little bit like at times happened last year. An X factor for me in this one, though, is SMU special teams. And I know the punting hasn't been great, but last year, I mean, punting was pretty much optional. I mean, how many punts were there? I'd have to look it up, but it wasn't really much of a thing. But what was a thing was terrible kickoff coverage for SMU to open the second half. They take it to the house. Antonio Gibson uh, runs it back. That was the difference. That was the difference between a 48-47 win for SMU, uh, potentially. Now, you know, Memphis did get the ball. They could have potentially scored a touchdown or they could have gotten a stop. So they still could have won or what have you. But you can't give up cheap points in this game. And you can't give up cheap field field position. I looked looked it up today 
when I was just doing some research on some things. And uh, all but three of the Memphis scoring drives were 58 yards or less. I mean, think about that. You're getting the ball. Memphis got the ball either at their own 48 or 40 or 42. Sorry, math. Uh, at their own 42 or better on all but three other scoring drives. One scoring drive was, I believe, 97 yards. And then another one was like 70-something. Um, but look, when you don't have that long to go, and Memphis's kicker is outstanding. Uh, and so when you don't have that long to go and you're already in field goal range or you just, with an offense like that, you don't have that far to go for a touchdown, that's big. So I think special teams are going to play a big, big, big role in this game once again. If Chris Nagar just continues to boot it out of the end zone, that's going to be big for SMU. You know, Memphis doesn't have Antonio Gibson this year. They don't have Kenny Gainwell, allegedly. I, I don't think he's going to, you know, opt back in quietly and play this game. I think he's going to the NFL draft. He's a beast. Um, and then from there... You know, who makes a play? Is it Reggie Robertson? Is it Danny Gray? Uh, is it Tyler Page? Uh, is it Chris Nagar coming on? And, and and when SMU has to punt, do they are they able to do so in a way that really sets them up well to, uh, to, to really change field position? Because punting hasn't been great, but I also think that that's a weird like number right now because, and I'd have to look this up, but there hasn't been many times that SMU has had to punt from like way inside its own field position, if that makes sense. So you haven't seen, I guess, like let it let it fly. Like if he was kicking from his, you know, if SMU went three and out to open a drive, you know, after a touchdown, what would that look like? Because in practice, it looks great. I can tell you that much. Um, but we haven't seen the field like kind of flipped, but we also haven't seen it be so detrimental just yet. Um, but punting could be, you know, a big factor, at least when the, the limited opportunities in this one, as we would expect, uh, come about. So I'm watching special teams probably more than not more than anything, but it was a different it was a difference in the game last year. It, it really was. I I, and I was asked today on our all day VIP chat on PonyStampede.com. If you're not a subscriber, check it out. I mean, it's always a fun time on Thursdays. Uh, we, we usually get after it and just kind of chat on the board all day. And and um uh, Somebody asked me, is, is SMU's defense good enough to beat Memphis? And in my opinion, I mean, in, in a weird way, they were good enough last week or last week, last year. And special teams was what killed them. And I think this year, when you look at what SMU's done, especially in the corner room, I think the corner room is probably the biggest thing because those guys are, that's a competitive bunch. I mean, when you added Brandon Crosley in there alone, that's, that was a difference maker. That's somebody that really loves to compete. You got Armani Johnson. You got Brandon Stevens. And those are the those are the, what could be the difference makers in this one. I think the 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 big play um, factor in this one is going to be important. And if the SMU corners can make plays on the balls and prevent them, that's going to be a big deal. Now, Brady White is one of the best quarterbacks in the AAC. He's going to get his. He's going to get his fair amount of touchdowns and passing yards and all those things. Can you get off the field on third down? Both, I think both teams last year were either just below or at 50% converting on third down offensively. So who improves off of that? Who can be better? Um, can SMU force some turnovers? That's key. That's been key. And I just think overall, I mean, 
you look at this SMU team, the areas they've improved were real weaknesses last year. I think Shane Bouchelle's just a step above Brady White as a quarterback, and their receiver core is, I mean, it's pretty unbelievable, I mean, what they have receiver-wise. So if they can be sharp, if they can give Shane Bouchelle time, I think Mac, Mike McIntyre is going to dial up some things early on to maybe throw Shane Bouchelle off a little bit. But I I got a tough time not seeing SMU coming out on top. I do think it'll be a shootout. But I think it's SMU's defense just being good enough. Doesn't mean you got to, you know, hold, hold them to 24 points or whatever. But just being good enough. Like we kind of saw against TCU last year. Can you get off the field on third down? Can you force turnovers? Can you get a stop on fourth down with the game in the balance? I think that's where this year, I think they have that drive to show it. And I think it comes through this week uh, against Memphis. So it's going to be a fun one. Uh, I'm excited for it. A couple recruiting notes here before we wrap up the pod, though. Uh, SMU had uh, a few players on campus last week for the SFA game, and it was posted on Instagram, so I figured I'd talk about it on the pod. Preston Stone, four-star quarterback commit, and his teammate, three-star defensive end Jaden Jones, were on campus for the game. And joining them, they all you know got their own tickets, which is allowed. You can get them off the secondary market during the dead period. Uh, it was four-star offensive tackle, Savion Bird. And the first, again, I go back to this, and we've talked about this on the board. Actions. And this is a weird year to be saying, well, look at their actions. Because obviously we've been in a dead period since March. But if you look at the actions, okay? And I'm not talking about Instagram. I'm not talking about Twitter. I'm talking about actions. You go back to the spring. Savion Bird was on campus about as much as he possibly could be at SMU. It took a global pandemic to get him up to Oklahoma on a weekend where his you know parents could get away. And then he visits LSU where the LSU quarterback commit, Garrett Nussmeyer, takes him down there. I think LSU is a distant third in this one. And then the first weekend he has a chance to go to SMU, he's there. I mean, I've said this on our board. I, I feel very good about my crystal ball pick for Savion Bird. We will see how it goes the rest of the way. October, November, will he will he sign in December? I'm not so sure on that. But look, we've seen SMU been in some big recruitments before. And they've come out on top. And it's just the way that they've just quietly hung around. Thad Johnson. Danny Gray, Daniel Sanike. I mean, there are a lot of a lot of you know recruitments you can point back to and, and just say, hey, you know, they look, it's impressive. And they've beaten power five schools. They're not scared. Oklahoma's the worry here for SMU for sure. But I think Savion Bird showing up on campus, first chance he could get was pretty big. So we'll continue to monitor that recruitment. But I figured I'd drop those a uh, couple notes for you guys in there to cap this podcast. But with that, we're going to wrap up this edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. Please leave us a rating, leave us a review, and hit that subscribe button. We'll have all your coverage on PonyStampede.com of SMU Memphis. So feel free to hit the board and join the conversation. And we will see you Saturday as SMU takes on Memphis, a big one in SMU's AAC opener. Keep it locked on Pony Stampede for all that coverage. Thanks for listening, guys, and have a great weekend. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.